Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episodes 42, well most of 42, through 44. Alright, stop, collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance! Crush the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly! When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gain weight. You better hit bulls out a kid, don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. I did totally forget, though, watching uh, Coming to America that... The guy who runs uh, McDowell's is the police uh, commissioner in The Wire. Oh. Okay. It's weird seeing him in that and then going like, oh yeah! yeah. He's in this movie. Coming to America, I, I'm not a fan. You don't like James Earl Jones just stomping around all over the place as an African king? I do, and that lion thing he wears Saying is Saying I tied my shoe once, it yeah. was over. But you know what? He's not in it that much. He's in it a fair bit in the third uh, act. Well, yes, in the third act. Yeah, it's good enough for me. Eric LaSalle did nothing wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the guy who runs McDowell's isn't the police commissioner. It's the guy who uh, is their landlord in the movie. Okay. Isn't Louis Anderson in Coming to America? Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson is in Coming to America. Where was he? He's in one scene. He sticks up the McDowells. And, oh, uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy and, yeah. Yeah, okay. Arsenio, the great Arsenio Hall. Underused <laughs> sure. as an actor. Whenever he's not in a scene, he shows up in the scene that he is. So anytime his mate, like the character he plays through most of that movie is not in a scene, they find some way to shove him into the scene playing some other character. Yeah, see. Which I really appreciate. When I watched it recently, my main takeaway from it was, oh, this movie is ground zero for Eddie Murphy wanting to play every character in his movies. And it it made it much less enjoyable. It is, but then in that respect, it's also tolerable to me because he doesn't play that many characters in it, and I don't think it's as overdone as basically any other Eddie Mo- Eddie Murphy movie that followed after this. I mean, I that, almost said Eddie Movie Murphy. <laughs> that barbershop scene is proto clumps. Just yeah, like yeah, right those there. those are the roughest parts of that movie. Are the bits in the barbershop? They go on way too long. Anyway, this is not about coming to America, but uh, being fans of black culture, uh, I'm Larry Davis, with me is George Brundle, and welcome to Flipadelphia, which is our podcast where each week we discuss episodes of the Flip Wilson show, a classic variety show what? from the 70s. Uh, this week we will be discussing the episode from September 17th, 1970. Guests this week are David Frost, James Brown, and the Muppets. I don't have anything. No, my notes I got, it says we get to see Abdul's arms get eaten again. Um, 
Oh, you wanted to record Stand and Deliver first. You told me we were doing Stand first. What's this other thing? Huh? Flip, Flipadelphia? What are you talking about? Hi, welcome to Stand and Deliver, uh, a JoJo podcast. This week, we're talking about... Uh, episodes 42 through 44 of the second season that is well most of the miasma of the void vanilla ice part one through three we kind of covered that last week the real miasma of the void is my fucking life uh... so last time we went ahead through the first part of this episode uh, which deals with the end of Terrence T. Diarby. And, uh, oh, that's a baseball. So why don't you tell yeah. us how the rest of this goes? Because, full disclosure, it's been like two, three weeks since I watched this. This has been put off for various reasons. One of which, including uh, George having multiple health problems. So everybody send him your thoughts and prayers. Uh, leave comment on this video. Tell him that you're hoping he'll pull through it. Smash that like button. Uh, like it's the subscribe. only way I will survive. The doctors say if we don't get a thousand subscribers by the end of next month, um, things might get might get pretty serious at that point. Leave a review on iTunes and uh, talk about how George is a prisoner in his own body that is quickly decaying. And uh, my body is a nightmare temple. Yeah. You get near uh, you and you just shrivel like uh, the guy who chose poorly in the Last Crusade. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how the rest of this episode kind of kind of goes down because it's been a while. It's been um, a while. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, this is like going to be in, great. In, yes. The, so the problem with trying to work through the rest of the first Vanilla Ice episode is. Vanilla Ice is barely in this thing. Um, after Darby's dispatch, I believe it then goes to like Dio's chambers. Yep. And Vanilla Ice shows up. Mm -hmm. And Dio's like, I need to suck off one more person in order to be able to like heal this body of mine. And Vanilla Ice is like, okay, cool. I gotcha. And he pulls over a, a gigantic vase and <laughs> chops his own head off. It's so good. <laughs> So all his blood just comes out of his neck and fills the face up. And like, really, you have to admire the planning on Vanilla Ice's part. Like, he didn't just cut his head off and just let it all leak onto the floor. He got a good receptacle for it. Yeah, now he's very considerate. Uh, and then Dio's just like, oh, jeez, man, he really did not have to do that. Yeah, so Dio gives him some of his blood in order to uh, resurrect him seems yep. strange yeah just pours it over his uh gaping neck wound yeah uh, okay yeah and he's like i don't need your blood it's filth trash from a garbage person well he doesn't quite say that but he does say that i like he, he's basically is his sentiment well it's more that he is proud of vanilla ice like as his greatest follower and would rather have him on his side than kill him to become immortal or whatever i don't know sure but 
slight problem with that. He brought him back to life. There's still a vase full of blood there that Dio is choosing not to drink. It's a True. have your cake and eat it too scenario. So in, in my translation, he says, like, I won't drink blood from somebody of your standing. Oh. I mean, he kind of just drank the blood of all those random ladies, too, though. Yeah, and I guess if you think about it, uh, Nimrod, a character that we'll meet a little bit later on, who uh, he turned him, Nimrod is what they refer to him as in mine. Weird. Uh, he's a vampire, and he seems like a total dweeb. Uh-huh. And so I guess that that must mean he had to have at some point stuck his fingers inside Nimrod. Yeah. <laughs> he fingered so Nimrod, know, like, and then he became yeah, no, a vampire. Yeah, if he's willing to finger Nimrod, I don't understand why he's not willing to drink Vanilla Ice's ice juice out of this vase. I don't know. I mean, isn't ice juice uh, just water? I think he kind of thinks that Vanilla Ice is a dingus. Because uh, when Vanilla Ice is like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just go kill these guys, uh, he summons his stand. His stand eats him, mm-hmm. and then his stand eats itself, yeah. and it turns into an orb. And then the orb just plows right through the door to Dio's chambers, carving a hole in it. And Dio's just like, oh, would it kill you to use the door? Cream is so good. It's a great stand. Just like a skeleton Ouroboros. Like, we talked about how this is basically Castlevania and Dio is Dracula, and Vanilla Ice is, like, he fits with that metaphor perfectly as being the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Thanks for the input. Okay, so also during the scene... Sorry, somebody had, I had a, I had an electronic device that was dying, I had to turn around and plug it in. Oh, okay. uh, also during this part there's a pretty cool easter egg in the background which I'll tell you about later now oh, not so much because you wouldn't have even noticed it yet Yeah, I don't but think it's something I... that was not in the original book it's related to later things okay yeah I didn't pick up on anything so I don't well, know no, you wouldn't because you wouldn't even notice it because ah. it's Alrighty. not important yet Okay, um, let's see what happens next. So, like, this is where we then have, like, this really long detour into what's going on with Suzy Q. I think... Is that now? Or no, 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 that's a... That's later. No, that's a few episodes later, my bad. Uh, no, we got uh, Avdol... Yeah, it's Avdol, Polnareff, and Iggy decide that they're gonna, like, push further into the mansion. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. And they go in, and... Avdol's got, like, this fire detector thing. That, yeah. Like, it's a bunch of different flames, and they're in different directions, and so if it detects life, the flame will, like, light up more in whatever direction that the life is being detected from. And the mansion, the inside of it is, like, a M.C. Escher-type labyrinth to them. Uh, yeah. But then... He starts to get a tingling from a wall, and Iggy attacks the wall, and a yeah. dude was in it. Kenny G. Yes. yes, a man living inside a pillar. A sort of pillar man, as it were, <laughs> named Kenny G. 
<laughs> Give me G. Do you want to know what he's called in my version? Because it's really great. What is it? Billy Jean. <laughs> oh, man. That is pretty good. Yeah, they kind of waste it on this guy. Who doesn't uh, do, I do anything. I do like that the uh, narration here, though, is just, Stand user Kenny G retires without a fight. Mm-hmm. Also, without a single speaking line. Yep. Uh, but then... Uh, so Kenny G's thing, I guess, was he created illusions. It's part of what created the underground illusion uh, that Darby's little arena took place in. Yeah, and it's what creates the MC Escher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it becomes like a normal mansion at this point. Um, you know, I was like, really sad kind of... when uh, MC Escher died. You know, he, he was <laughs> yeah. great in the Beastie Boys. Uh, they couldn't carry on without him. So I, I respect that they are... You know, respecting his legacy by not continuing without him. I respect that they're disrespecting Kenny G. Well, yeah. Kenny G's a punk. He is. That untamed hair. I don't like it. You know his stand. Like his stand is called Alto Sax. <laughs> it never says that in the show, but it's true. That's a fact. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, they're they're pushing along, and like Avdol puts his hands up against a uh, a pillar, and he sort of like feels out some uh, letters that are etched into it. And I'm trying to remember like what it it says. It's something along the lines of like when you turn around, you will die. Yeah. Uh. So. Also, it's in Japanese. Around. Uh. Yeah. Uh. He turns around, and he dies. Yep. It's eaten by cream. Oh, just whoa. leaves his arm. I'm gonna have to educate this podcast. You were just talking about Dio sucking off, guys. Fingering Nimrod. <laughs> Wait, I was talking about. Yeah, I was talking about Dio fingering. Please. Uh, yeah. So there was a bit before this where Avdol is kind of like, okay, if anything happens, we need to be all about self-preservation. If we try to go out of our way to help any one of us like if we try to go to save the other we're all going to die so avdol at the first sign of trouble decides to push Polnareff and iggy out of the way and sure enough he dies uh -huh. uh, he gets eaten by the miasma by cream and he just becomes a pair of arms yeah uh, so here's a question cream for you. then shoves into his mouth <laughs> I have a question for you. Is, Did... is every part of the Avdol? Yes. Don't let any part of the Avdol go to waste. So at this point, did you think Avdol was actually dead, or did you think it was just a fake-out? Uh, my notes here say, and I quote, Avdol might uh, actually be dead this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, well, I asked that because, you know, they just defeated a guy who can create illusions... And Abdul has appeared to die before, and so yeah, yeah who knows? He has but, also yeah, appeared totally as an illusion of sorts before, uh, in the form of the mud zombie. Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, I did, hey, haven't reached part four. For all, for all I know, another Abdul recolor could show up. A nope, new he's palette dead. for Abdul. Oh well, there's no more Abdul. <sighs> That's kind of a bummer. 
little bit. Uh, I do actually, I do actually like how quickly he is dispatched. Like, it is so unceremonious. Yeah. Tells you Vanilla Ice is not to be fucked with. Nope. Uh, that's the episode, I think. Yep. I think so. I I actually think it kind of just ends with Polnareff and Iggy being like, oh. There, there was a good, I hope this was an actual quote from the episode, because it's been a bit and I don't remember, but I written down here in quotation marks, hey, where did those arms come from? <laughs> I don't think that's an actual quote. I want to say that Polnareff in mind turns around and sees the arms of Abdal and says, hey, where did those arms come from? Maybe. Okay, let's see what Suda says. Uh, oh, the bit about Darby. Okay, it is after this fight that finally Vanilla Ice appears. At this moment, the plot picks up the pace for the last final sprint, and nothing will stop it. This sinister character remains fascinating. The red lights are flashing for Avdol and his inevitable death. It's him who finds the scribbled message on the wall. Let's ignore, <laughs> let's ignore that it's a message written in Japanese inside an Egyptian building. Thanks for <laughs> recognizing this, Suda. Please don't laugh. It's not the time. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> oh no, Suda's too late. I'm so sorry. I think Suda had a jazz cigarette before he wrote this or something. <laughs> and thus, Avdol is definitively eliminated. As Polnareff said it so well, it was really too sudden. This is all the more unbearable for him as it was again a sacrifice to save him from death at the last moment. Avdol's Suda death. just looking directly into the camera and saying, Avdol is dead and will never be in another episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure ever again. True. Avdol's death leaves no doubt about Cream's dangerousness, and even Iggy is terrorized at the sight of this stand. Okay. Uh, next episode, Vanilla Ice Part 2. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what about the anime manga differences? None. Oh, great. None All listed. Right. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, Avdol's arms get eaten a second time, which I mentioned earlier. Um, Just keep chomping them. The last one left up. They're like chicken yeah. fries. Uh, Dunk them in some so honey yeah, mustard. They, they, um, they, they kind of like try to start attacking him, but it doesn't go so well. Like, they're not... I think Avdol actually manages... I'm sorry, not Avdol. Uh, Polnareff manages to, like, stab Cream and, uh, by proxy, Vanilla Ice. Uh, but for the most part, they're kind of, like, outmatched in this room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they uh, pull a page out of Joseph Joestar's book, and they run away. It's a good call, actually. Yeah. Uh, not a good call, though, is closing a door behind them then throwing, like, a bunch of dressers and sofas and stuff to barricade the door. Well, they don't really know what he can do yet, and so they it don't know if like, he's just going to blast busting, through it. No, it was, like, busting through pillars and stuff. They should have been able to oh, figure well, that yeah. out. But, but yes, it just it vaporizes all of that. All they did was waste time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man. And so I mean, that's uh, the run away is the case. Like in any movie or something, they always take way too long barricading doors for whatever's chasing yeah. them to just be like, yeah, like in the Blues Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Great. Sorry. 
uh, I thought my phone was, was ringing. So uh, they start like trying to they start going towards like the front door of the mansion. But as this is going on, Polnareff is sort of like talking himself up and he's just like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to do right by Abdul. And he like turns on his heel with Iggy and they go up the stairs because their plan now is just make a mad dash for Dio and just kill that fucker right now. Yeah, which would have gone uh, really well if they had gotten to him. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, just outside of that front door was Vanilla Ice Invisible just waiting to, like, vaporize them, so probably a good thing that Polnareff decided not to punk out. <laughs> yeah. And Vanilla Ice was, like, surprised by this. Like, man, I totally expected them to just try to run out. Yeah, I thought he was a bitch. No, Polnareff and Iggy are... Wonderful, wonderful people. And dogs. They are. Well, yeah. Both of them dogs. Yeah. In many ways. Uh, uh, so, they, so they run upstairs and this is where Vanilla Ice sort of like cuts them off. Like he like he comes through the floor and chomps Polnareff's toes off. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was kinda hoping Polnareff like yanked his toes back, but nope. Nah. It's yeah, also no toes. But like the way he comes up through the floor and like in his orb form kind of cuts off the toes, uh, it makes his foot kind of look like a candy bar that you took a bite out of. You know? Yeah. I don't want to eat any candy toes, man. I don't want to eat if it's chocolate and shaped like toes, just count me out. Don't want to suck on some toes? No. No. Chocolate fingers, though. I'm okay with that. That's Maybe way grosser. Chocolate fingers. Chocolate nose. Uh, chocolate ears. Chocolate eyeballs. I'd eat that up like Pet Shop. Just gurgling it around my mouth. Uh, so, Chariot manages to actually drive back cream. Just moving on. Uh, drive back cream. And there's sort of like a... I can't remember if it's like a commercial break thing. There's basically a pause in all of this. And, uh, like, Dio starts walking down the stairs and tells Vanilla Ice to, like, just keep it down. Yeah. Which seems like something he'd do based in the interactions we've had so far, but, like, this seems a little bit weird because there's, like, a ton of sunlight flooding into this room, and Dio don't like sun. No. And Vanilla Ice realizes this. Yes, because it is Iggy. Yeah, made a sand clone of Dio. Also, he knows exactly what Dio sounds like, apparently. Yeah, also can use his stand to articulate uh, English, human speech. Uh-huh. Meaning, I guess he was capable of communicating with the rest of the members of the Joestar group, but never did? I can believe that, actually. The alternative to this, actually, is that Polnareff, who does know what Dio sounds like, is throwing his voice. And I kind of like that idea more. I do, too. Because he's there like with just, Iggy, too. Yeah. Just like low-key, Polnareff is a great impressionist. Yeah. And a ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah. It's a regular um, Jeff Dunham. He's gonna have a 
have Iggy make a uh, sand puppet of a racial stereotype. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, he makes this, like, stand puppet. The sand stand puppet. Stand pu- puppet. And, oh, no, no. Careful, you'll be a stand pu- puppet, too. No one who listens to this is going to have any frame of reference for that. They are definitely not going to know what Ill Bleed is, have ever seen Ill Bleed, have ever played Ill Bleed. That joke and, was just And even of those that have, probably haven't seen specifically the Game Informer Super Replay <laughs> of Ill Bleed, yeah. which is where they That's looked right. at the uh, the control panel, was it, that said Wood Puppet? Uh, who is Killer Man? Uh, I mean, I'm going to guess it's probably Killer Man? Nope, it's Dio. Oh. Dio was Killer Man the whole time. Mm. You thought it was Killer Man, but it was him, Dio. Let's go to hell. <laughs> yes, let's. God, <laughs> remember the bit where the monkular gets the x-ray glasses yep. and he's like peeping on Eric? Oh my yep. god. I was just about to say, watch out for Jack Monkeys. <laughs> Ill Bleed is fantastic. Ill Bleed's really good. It's so I mean, good. Like if if you're not, you really should like sit down and just play Ill Bleed. Like go in completely fresh to that game with no frame of reference. But if you can't for whatever reason, like watch that uh, Game Informer Super Replay of it. It is fantastic. Well, actually, kind of like I would recommend looking at a walkthrough or something because some parts of it would just be really frustrating. Yeah, that's true. Uh, hey, hold on. Gotta put a pause on this. Alright. Hello? Hello? Oh my god, Jennifer, I don't care. I have chronic back pain, you dumb bitch. It's a telemarketer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep that in, I don't care Yeah, I'm going to <laughs> Okay, thank you I'm glad to know that it wasn't a uh, an important medical update Yeah uh, Okay Yeah I guess, that, well now that we brought that up Just full disclosure We're on full medical alert on this episode to Stand and Deliver At any time I could get good news or bad news That's right You might hear it depending on oh. if there's any personally identifiable information. Yeah, if I if I come back and sound like I have been weeping, maybe I did not get good news. Maybe. Uh, so, uh, yes, he destroys this, this stand puppet and uh, is pissed off that he had to deface the visage of Dio. Yeah. A graven so image he's like, of Dio. Yeah. Uh, so he punches this dog in the mouth. And then continually kicks him. A lot. Uh, he says, he says, and I quote, I shall kick you to death, heathen. <laughs> and man, he does. Yeah, no, true to his word. Just curb stomps the shit out of this puppy dog. Also, this part uh, is actually kind of way more graphic than the manga is. Which is weird, but man. Uh, yeah, he gets, uh, this scene goes on for a while. 
Yeah, I actually think that's kind of part of it is in the book you can kind of just like like all right here's a panel of him kicking him let's move on we're watching it it's just like man he is really going at it yeah um he's also like talking crap about how like dogs can't have any honor or uh any sense of righteousness or anything like that so he's not going to kill it with a stand because it's a dog and a dog don't deserve a stand death i guess i guess and Birds then Polnareff, okay. who's, like, crawling over to this scene, finally decides to whip out Chariot. Yep. Try to save Iggy. Uh, and he kicks up all the, the sand in the room, which is smart, because then it kind of um, lights up where the orb is. Say so he's able to, orb. like, position... Yeah. Hi, orb! Uh, another obscure reference that nobody will understand yeah, to, a, full of it. to a specific episode of Loveline <laughs> featuring Gary Busey where he talked about how angels take the form of golden orbs and, yeah uh, you know what I, which he learned from one of his numerous near-death experiences that's right not yeah. even near death like I think he actually was like had brain death for a minute or two didn't he yeah it was um, the motorcycle accident that's like the oh, reason God. that he is the way he is. Uh, yeah. I'm Reminder gonna... to everyone who might not be super familiar with Gary Busey, he wasn't always that way. No. He has literal brain damage. Yeah, you can actually go look up old videos of Gary Busey, uh, specifically talking about the Buddy Holly movie, where he's like super articulate. Yep. And so I'm just going to insert the clip that we're talking about right here. Say hi to the orb. Hey, Orb. No, there's no, no, that's not what you do. All right. That was stupid. And that was it. Hi, thanks for uh, for joining us. You might have forgotten what podcast you were listening to for a second. <laughs> After hearing Gary Busey <laughs> scream at somebody for saying hi to the Orb. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, McDowell's whole thing is that he wants somebody who's rich to marry his daughter. So for much of the movie, this is why he's like just totally against the idea of um, Eddie Murphy's character getting in good with her until he finds out that he's a prince because uh, he's given money from uh, his country that has Eddie Murphy's face right on it. Wakanda. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Wakanda. Wakanda forever. And Eddie Murphy... Really, he just wants, like, one day where somebody doesn't literally wipe his ass. Uh, but he does like the baths he gets because the ladies jerk him off. Eric LaSalle has really good hair. He's got yeah. that jerry curl. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the most iconic film moments is when his family gets up off that couch and all the jerry curl juice is on it. <laughs> that actually, yes, that is very good. Okay, uh, Polnareff creeps up oh, on God, that's right. Vanilla Jojo. Ice and he stabs him in the mouth, like right through the tongue. Yeah, uh, he mentions like, I've severed your brain stem, game over. Yeah, weird that you're not dead. <laughs> this is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's like sucking the hand with the rapier like further into his mouth and uh, therefore into the void. 
The Void. Uh, this episode directed by Gaspar No. Yeah, that's and... how you pronounce it. <laughs> Whatever. Close hey, enough. it's me, Gaspar No. Hope you like my movie. It's in first person. I hired Paz de la Huerta. The intro credits were pretty good, but none of the rest of it is. Oops! <laughs> Check out my new movie, Climax, starring Sofia Butella. It's about dancing. Fun fact, I've never experienced a full climax in my life. I have experienced it, but only while shooting the movie Love in 3D, which features a 3D cum shot right at the camera. That's what Daddy No likes. I'll never make anything as good as Irreversible again. Well, no, I mean... They won't let him cram more rape into a movie. Uh, have you seen his later movies? Yeah, good point. Oh, God. Uh, Polnareff loses some fingers. Yeah. They get gobbled up by the void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Polnareff comes in 3D, and it's very (laughs) distressing. (laughs) (laughs) The 20-minute rape scene where Vanilla Ice just goes to town on Iggy. Oh, boy. (laughs) You know, Uh, it is kind of weird. Like, you can see what you want about Avatar, but to me, like, Gaspar Noe made a much better use of 3D. Sure. You know, he really went for it. Yeah. There's one thing I can say about his movies is, well, they're original. (laughs) They they were invented of his own mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can watch most movies and kind of point to things and go like, oh, I can see where they got inspiration for that. It's like, well, that's clearly an odd to this. Gasper, uh, Gasper No Way, though, I just watched that and I wonder who hurt him. Uh, so, yes, Polnareff loses some fingers in the process and then backs off. Um... Uh, and Ice returns to his little weird pocket dimension where Abdal's arms, I guess, are just floating around along with the rest of his body. Yeah, you never see, like, the void dimension, do you? No, you do not. Because I would like to. Yeah. I it's just like the Phantom Zone in there. Yeah. I like to imagine that, like, Avdol is still alive. He's armless, but he's alive, just inside this weird pocket dimension. Well, that's, yeah, that is what happened. Well, still. I mean, he's probably... not going to survive for long without arms. No, yeah, I was going to say he's still probably dead. Uh, but Your arms are too gone to box with God. <laughs> So Ice is now just like freaking out and just zooming around the room and like punching holes in the wall and Polnareff kind of figures out that he can't see outside of like his void thing. Like he has to actually poke his head out to see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why it becomes truly frightening when Ice develops his weird strategy of not even weird, it's smart. Like just zooming around the room in a 
cyclical pattern going towards the center, knowing eventually he would have to hit Polnareff. Which also is not actually true, because Polnareff could just run by him when he, uh, you know, makes the loop around, but whatever. Actually, uh, well, no, you, you didn't because... mention that he cuts off, like, a chunk of Polnareff's leg. So I was going to mention that. The reason why he can't just run out of the way is, A, he is missing toes on one foot, and B, like, his void went through Polnareff's thigh. Just, like, yeah, blew but... a fat chunk out of that thing. Okay, but, but like, lay down on the floor. Are you doing Do it? Do the worm. Uh, well, no, so first, no, yeah, well, first you gotta open the door. Yes, then get on the floor. Then you do the dinosaur. Yeah, that's how you beat vanilla eyes. Even if you can't use a leg, like, his arms are functional in his other leg, and so he could kind of just, like, push himself, you know, he he could move. Well, he sort of tries it. He tries to get Chariot to, like, pull him out of the way, but Chariot's not able to get enough strength. Um, yeah, which is and also weird. like, I, like he's, that... he's crawling so slowly, and Vanilla Ice is moving so quickly. I don't know if he would actually be able to like lum like get his whole body out of the way in time. I guess so. I mean, this is also probably a case where in real time, Vanilla Ice would be like round, 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 round around the room, whereas yeah. in the anime, it seems like it takes him about forty seconds to make one loop around. Yeah, it seems like it's taken a tremendous amount of time. But uh, we get uh, three plans from Paul and Ref to escape this grisly scenario. Right. Plan number one, the handsome Paul and Ref suddenly thinks of a counterattack. Uh-huh. Plan number two, his friends will come and save him. Plan number three, reality is cruel. He won't be able to dodge. <laughs> I like how the third plan is... I die. Yeah. Not so, really a plan. More of an I outcome. know, Egypt, Egyptian healthcare, am I right? Death panels. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. So, Polnareff can't rely on plan number two, and he tries to go with one and have... That's when, like, Chariot tries to pull him across, but that doesn't work. Uh, so, the quote here is, Despair! The only option left is number three. Reality is a harsh mistress. Yep. Despair. Give in to the ultimate despair, just like in Denganronpa. Oh no. Yeah, that's right. The ultimate despair is playing Denganronpa. Oh, Denganronpa's good. Well, the first one is. It's a gateway drug, damn it. You're playing Toho in no time. No, it isn't. It has nothing to do with Toho. Two anime lead to other animes. We're watching an anime before you know it. We'll be reviewing Yu Yu Hakusho, and then I'll want to die. I'd be into that. No, no, because that we stop at the first season, just pretend that's it. Yeah, yeah, like the first six episodes of that thing is great. And then the rest of it happens. No, no, it's good until, like, the dark. Tournament. I know. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just. That's kidding. really it's, weird. You get to the dark tournament, and yeah, and goes way off the rails. And then you get into the, uh, the whole thing of him being half demon. He gets that stupid hair, and ah. Uh, okay. Ah. Uh, I never watched. 
past the dark tournament, so... And you never should! Nope. Ever! We we Don't do that to yourself. Before. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, My Hero Academia, though, I'd be willing to do a watch through of that. Oh. Keep seeing more of that show, and it keeps looking real good, and I really don't know uh, much of what it's about. Uh, but it's X-Men. Since, Japanese since X-Men. we're on the topic, uh, very briefly, I will say I have picked up two other anime in the process of watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm going through the original Dirty Pair. Uh, mm. The animation of that thing is ridiculously good for the time in which it was made. Okay. Like, the main character is actually remarkably expressive. Um... And also uh, started watching Ranma One Half, finally. Okay. It's all right. Sh- sure. Th- that old man turns into a panda. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay all right. so far. Shanty hose. I'm intimidated by how long that fucker is. Shampoo. These are characters. like a hundred four. Like 147 episodes, I took one look at that and was like, I don't know how the fuck you could stretch this out that long. Well, you know, this episode that we're on currently is, in total, the 69th episode. Up top! Whoa, hey! Hey. Greedy cum shot into my miasma of the void. Boy, talk about cream, am I right? hey So Iggy starts getting up. Iggy's still here. You remember him. He's that dog that got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. My favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Palmer's like, no, stay down. Don't do it. No. Your broken ribs are piercing your lung. Let me die like a cool guy. So actually, no, that's in the next episode. Because this episode just ends ends with him apparently dying. Yeah, no, he's already shouting this, though, because oh. as he's telling Iggy not to do it, that's when the Void comes on up and seems to absorb him. And oh, then it is. And his heart earrings fly away, which, as we soon yeah. find out, probably, like, there's no real reason for that except to fake you out. But You know, I didn't check, but I'm kind of curious if even after they flew off, if they just randomly appeared back on his ears. I bet they do. Yes. I mean, one of those things should still be, like, half a country away. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that's the end of that episode. Manga anime differences for this one. Uh, Vanilla Ice's demented assault on Iggy is extended, with Ice commenting on how Iggy lacks a proud soul and is nothing more than a mutt. So it actually is longer, I guess. I thought it kind of just seemed that way. Uh, Suda says, Mr. Ishimoto was one of the key animators for this episode, hence the distinctive dark lines. Overall, it's a real success. Iggy and Polnareff are presented at their most chivalrous in a fight to the death against Vanilla Ice. I believe we can say without exaggeration that he is the most dangerous stand user we've met until now. He's truly cruel and formidable, and has a strong aura and has a knack for making everything tense. It's truly uh, truly impressive. We'd particularly worked on Cream's appearances, and they ended up especially good. The stand is very beautiful, but also perfectly terrifying. A real fatal beauty. The poor Iggy has suffered a lot. Against an imposing adult who repeatedly kicks at full strength, the result can only be horrible. 
as an animal lover, I find this scene sickening. In the scene where Vanilla Ice... It's a great anime to sign up for, Suda, <laughs> yeah. as an animal lover. No kidding. Episode 1, a dog got incinerated, Suda. <laughs> In the scene where Vanilla Ice blindly closes up on Polnareff, some neat concentric circles would have been great. But because of the layout of the room, we had to content ourselves with ovals, a shame. Polnareff then pronounces his last words, and we see an earring falling to the ground as an invitation for the next episode. Mr. Cato was in charge of the storyboard, and it's his style to finish like this. Cutting at this moment was a good idea. In the end, it was a really intense episode. We don't have time to be bored. Half an hour passes in an instant. Oh, I want to note, uh, there's one part during this episode where it shows... It's sort of the bit where uh, Vanilla Ice is circling around and it shows a shot like from the ceiling and yeah the background looks terrible like it looks like it's a really really low quality jpeg did you notice this uh no i did not it, it's only one shot in particular it's only for like a couple seconds but it looks like whatever like 3d rendering thing they use to make the background just <laughs> They were like, ah, we'll just put this in paint and set as a JPEG and put the quality as low as possible. It was weird. Yeah, you might have to send me a screen capture of that, because I don't quite know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'd have to go it's also It's also possible, if you're watching the Crunchyroll stuff, uh, mine being what was presumably taken from the Blu-rays, oh, right. like that might have been fixed in yeah. my version of it, would be why I wouldn't notice. True, because they do mention, like, fixing sort of weird animation errors and stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's that's possible. Because there's a bit where it's, like, shot from the ceiling, and it's, like, going in in circles towards Ponrev. Is that what you were talking about? No, this was a static shot. Oh, okay. Never mind, then. Um, but no, I still don't remember anything that particularly jumped out as, as looking bad. Okay. So. Uh, next episode... Yeah, a uh, good thing the rest of the Joe Star group is just having a leisurely walk around this mansion. <laughs> <laughs> just pointing out all these busted walls going like, oh, something really went down here, huh? Yeah. Man. That's pretty much all we check in on them for because then we go back up to Polnareff getting fucking murdered. Well, Vanilla Eyes, like, his part of this is like the first third of the episode and then you get the extended yeah. stuff with Susie q and then the rest of the crew yeah so ice jumps out of his little weird dimension and he's just like uh oh yeah the only reason i got hurt was because avdol like portrayed his instincts and saved ponderef because he knew ponderef uh had the resolve and needed to defeat him uh by the way ponderef's still alive yep he pushed him out of the way now we get yeah stay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Polnareff, I don't know if he remarks it exactly here or afterwards. He does say that, like, this is how Iggy has proven that he does have a proud soul and that he is not just a mud. Yeah. Uh, so that being like an anime edition, I think is a pretty good one. I like how that ties back around. Uh huh. Polnareff, uh, learns to respect Ig. Yeah, this dog that farted in his face. Every step a, of the way. And we get a montage, too, of <laughs> yeah. all of the times, including 
the super weird original looking Iggy. Yeah. Which is still my favorite. Still a good egg. Yep. Uh so And then trying to trying to remember kind of what exactly happens next. Uh Ponoref and like Ice are sort of like um They kind of just duel and um Ice is breaking up the wall. And then uh, yeah. Ice kind of figures out that he had been turned into a vampire and has been transformed. Oh no, no, no. So there's there's a really so he does not realize that. What happens is Ponref stabs Vanilla Ice in the head, then grabs the other end of his rapier and just breaks his damn neck. Oh yeah, that's right. And then uh I think that's when he starts mourning Iggy and Vanilla Ice gets up and Ponref is like, you know, I was expecting that. Uh hey dumbass, you're a vampire. Yeah, because he says that it must have started happening just before he stabbed him through the brain stem. I, I yeah, guess like turning into a vampire is a up. gradual process now. I don't know. Apparently, yeah. Because he I mean, was I, in I that think... room with the sunlight, where he's like, "Ah, Dia wouldn't be in here because there's too much sunlight." I think it was always that way because when Dio was pumping vamp juice into Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan still had time to, like, eject it out of his neck. Oh, yeah. So I do think that it's, you know, maybe not intentionally established this way that far back, but I think that there is enough there that you kind of reason it's like a slow-acting toxin. Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, you gotta finger somebody for a while before they become a vampire. Please stop. You don't just poke them once, you really gotta get up to the knuckle. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, I hate this. Wear them like a glove. Look, you can't catch vampirism from kissing. You can't catch it from holding hands. You can, you can though, catch vampirism by sharing a Coke with somebody. Yeah, don't do that. Do not do that. No. Don't share uh, needles so... with a vampire. So the way that Vanilla Ice gets dispatched is great because Polnareff, now knowing he's a vampire, is just, like, knocking more light into the room and just sort of goading him to, like, come at him. Oh, uh, yeah. Because Vanilla Ice, I guess, just can't make peace with the fact or sense of the fact that he is a vampire and now has a sunlight allergy and runs headfirst into... Uh, or no, he doesn't. He uh, he gets a bit too close, and then I think Polnareff has Chariot kind of, like push him from behind into a sunbeam. Okay. I don't really remember. I just remember the first thing that breaks off is his leg. Like, he kind of steps into the sunlight and it goes... Yeah. Uh, But he definitely gets... He gets melted. Oh, yeah. It's hit hit by the sun and and breaks up. Just like a Uh, gremlin. Yeah. Exactly like gremlins. Don't get vampires what? No, don't feed them after midnight. Well, define midnight. It's always after midnight. Oh, boy. So. That's it. Uh, Back in Japan, (laughs) Susie Q. This is why you need to go to the doctor. 
Hey, go get yourself checked out. Oh, I'm gassy. Uh, Susie Q is in Japan. Is that Gasper No? <laughs> yeah, he's inside me. But put his well, fingers you... at me to turn me into a vampire. Don't skip that after Vanilla Ice dies, we see the spirits of Avdol and Iggy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're on. so they're summoned up by the um by the sand that was created by Iggy's stand. Which later on, this makes no damn sense. There's a reason for this. I'll loop back around it in the next episode of Stand and Deliver, but this makes no damn sense. Uh, because when I had read, I had gone ahead and read some information about this. Uh, there is a difference in that, I think in the manga version, they are created with Vanilla Ice's ashes. Yeah. Uh, but in this, it's with sand that was left over from Iggy's stand. Um, uh. I might as well say now, a character dies later and also becomes a spirit, but there is no sand and there is no ashes around. So it doesn't make sense the second time. Yeah. I mean, the whole spirit motif is a thing in JoJo. And I kind of think here, it's not necessarily maybe that they are formed out of it as just kind of like it was nearby and, I don't know, bound with them as they were leaving. I, I don't know. Because mm. it happens multiple yeah, times sure. uh, But we do get a, an actual message that pops up Much in the same way we would get something saying Like, stand user retired uh, That says Iggy and Avdol are dead Yep Dead forever Yeah, a little, little more official Like, it's there's more You, you know they're not coming back yep. This time And Pulnar F uh, is kind of freaked out And wonders if he's just seeing things yeah, unlike him. Susie Q though, who always keeps coming, just like Hideo Kojima, <laughs> um, she's in Japan to see her daughter, uh, and she wants to stop and get some soba in the poor part of town, and just starts filming a bunch of bums on the street. Yep, there, uh, there's a sign. Super novel. There's a sign that says "No pissing or puking." <laughs> Japanese streets are very clean. Um, well, sure. Uh, there is a. Uh, she, she, she has also a sees like a vending machine, and she's like, "Oh, this sells a peculiar type of drink, and it's condoms. It's premium condoms." I couldn't actually tell what it was. I thought it was maybe tampons or something. Nope it is. It is literally premium condoms. Right. Specifically, they right. are referred to as premium. Sure. Which is Ribbed great. For her pleasure. Yeah. Ew. She also films a member of the Yakuza. And he's like, yes. I do not consent to this. Yeah. Does the whole thing. Why are you looking at grandma? Yeah. And then Rose uh, has to kick his ass. Oh, yeah. Beats him raw. Yeah. Rosas has those uh, Sanji kicks from One Piece. Like, he's just like, black. Just does a big axe kick. Should I watch One Piece? That's no. like a billion episodes. You should should we it, do though. a podcast where we watch all of One Piece? No. You, I'll you die from whatever though, weird. It is good. I'll die from whatever weird butt disease I have. I'll just be a skeleton in a chair trying to carry on that podcast with you. I mean, you're the one that just said it was a butt disease. I never mentioned that before. 
Thanks for throwing that out there. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I have a deadly ass. I I was trying to be considerate. Didn't know if you wanted that public knowledge. Well, I was going to keep mixing it up just to keep people guessing, but, you know, you really reaffirmed the ass disease, so I guess that's what we're going with. What? Uh, oh, so now it's my so... fault. You're the one that said yeah. Well, way to put my personal information out there, Larry, you prick. <laughs> what the no fuck problem, is wrong with you? Bud. Oh, God. You're a real jackass, friendo. Call me Johnny so... Knoxville. Also, Susie Q has a turtle. We can't stress this enough. She says, here, hold my turtle, as she goes out to uh, film the destitute on the street. Yeah. So, uh, there's also, like, a conversation... also important, uh, Araki loves turtles. Araki's adorable. You'll find that later. A turtle is a major character. There... Yes. Yes! Good! Well, Iggy and Pet Shop are not the only animals with stands, I'll say that. Oh, that's a legitimate good. I Turtles are awesome. So, uh, there's also a bit, like, we don't need to go too much into it, but basically Holly figures out that, like, something, or, I'm sorry, Susie Q figures out that something is actually, like, super wrong with Holly. And yeah. it's kind of connected to, like, uh, Jotaro and Joseph need to go do a thing. Mm-hmm. So And Rose is, uh, is saying something like, well, I haven't told her about what's actually happening with Holly. And she's like, ah, I figured it out. And then we get, like, this weird image of Holly with the vines around her. It's uh, highly erotic. Uh, Seems kind of out of place. I went and looked in the book to see, and it's not nearly, like, there's not nearly that much skin showing in the original manga. It's like she's pretty much all covered with vines. Nice. (laughs) Manga anime differences. Hornier. <laughs> so. Suda was uh, horned for Holly. <laughs> back at Dio's place, we get this little weirdo vampire guy. Yes. He's like, I'm going to kill Jotaro and the others. Uh, and then as they're approaching, a woman appears. And she's terrified about vampires, but... Joseph and Jotaro are like, ah, we're all friends here. Yeah. And friends punch friends directly in the teeth. Mm-hmm. So they punch this woman in the mouth. Well, they know that something's up because uh, Nukasaku, which is his actual name, uh, not Nimrod, although Nukasaku is just Japanese for idiot. And uh, His name in the English dub, by the way, is just loser. Great. So I, I think... Between the two translations, Nimrod is better. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. That's, an, that's an actual name, you know, King Nimrod. Yeah, sure. There's no like actual person named Loser, except no. for Beck. You know, he legally changed his name to Beck from Loser. That's what the song's no. about. Rest in peace, Wired Beck. You were the best. No, not that Beck. Other Beck. The one that you See, thought a character from a shows, manga from 1988 yeah. was named after. <laughs> oh, look. I don't know how long Beck has been active. I'm a driver. So, uh, I'm a winner. Things are going to change. I can feel it. 
this weirdo's uh the back of his head's a lady yep he's like how did you figure out my my power's infallible and uh uh, you're a dumbass you didn't move your hands around (laughs) so your hands were backwards maybe this uh, is like you know on iraqi's part maybe this is him realizing he goofed with uh jay giles that time and he's like that would be great a little joke on himself oh man uh the actual response uh to this though i liked which is your infallible power is having a woman's face on the back of your head yep that's it this whole thing also like i also he has boobs because he's a vampire yes i would assume because he's a vampire this is a real like head on dog scenario from part one where dio's just like pressing shit together and seeing what happens yeah probably oh man so uh so yeah he like leaves at jotaro and jotaro just kind of catches him with star platinum and starts to aura aura him and we get one final the very last in part three oh my god yeah Rest in peace, guy who played Joseph Joestar, whose name I'm forgetting now. Oh right, yeah, we lost him. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, by the actually, by the way, voice can... actor for Joseph Joestar passed away before we did this episode. Yep, uh, I'm actually looking. Come on, Japanese voice actor. Unsho Ishizuka. Oh wait, that's yeah. Right. That's. Oh, I thought it was Ishizuka. Well, it lists him as um Eyes of Heaven. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay. He also played um, Bla- uh, Jet from uh, Cowboy Bebop. And Professor Oak. Oh man. Yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, that he. It says... Okay. Yeah, he played a whole lot of characters, but uh, he did. It's weird, it, kind of knowing that, and then still going through this part and just being like, "Oh man, man, oh man, it's a bummer." Oh, oh no! But then, Ulnaref also meets Dio. Uh oh! Yeah, goes up uh, some stairs, and guess what? Dio's here. Also, just like that, all Ponrev need to do is just put some band-aids on that gaping thigh wound. Just jump around. Jump up, jump up, and get down. <laughs> He's totally fine now. He beat me to it. Yep. You know, just has a oh, chunk yeah. of leg meat gone, but he's okay. Sure, yeah, whatever. Like, these dudes have gotten so fucked up on this journey, and they've been perfectly fine, like, literally the next day. So I could believe that all he has to do is put some gauze on it, and he's okay. Yeah. Like, if I mean, Absol didn't even get... the next day, this is like three minutes yeah. later. If Avdol didn't get thrown into a nightmare dimension of like darkness and nothing else, <laughs> I would imagine that he could just like put some gauze around his arms and they would be fine. Yeah, they would just reattach themselves. Yeah, just make sure the nerves are lined up and it's as good as new. Yeah, just be like, ah, well, he went to a Speedwagon Foundation doctor. He's a okay. Avdol just screaming until he pops new arms out from its sockets. <laughs> Green goo around them. Yeah. 
Okay, that's the end of this one. Uh, manga anime differences. The Joestar group's breaking the door scene, which chronologically should be placed in the previous episode. A scene featuring Silver Chariot's second multiple sword attack to Vanilla Ice is added. Okay. Uh, Avdol and Iggy's souls are formed of Vanilla Ice's ashes in the manga. Here they are made of smoke coming from one of his stand's holes. Oh, okay. I thought it was smoke. sand. I guess it's out of Vanilla smoke. Ice's stand's holes? Smoke. Oh, it's never good if stuff is coming out of your holes. No. You know about that. Yeah, unless you, wa- unless you wanted to. You know, who am I to judge? Yeah. Asuda says, This episode is where Vanilla Ice is taken out once and for all. In the end, Iggy decided to protect Polnareff at the cost of his own life. And even if his death is a sad one, one can still feel some satisfaction at seeing this duo triumph over such a fearsome opponent. They've done quite a feat. For Vanilla Ice's decomposition under the sun's rays, we used what we call the magma effect. Liquid hot magma. It was originally used in the first two parts for wounds caused by the Hamon, including amputations. We put a texture similar to magma instead of blackening out the injury. I find it's better for immersion and atmosphere. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it also doesn't look like shit. (laughs) I gave this idea to preserve the mood. Ha 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 ha. We hesitated a bit on how to make Polnareff cry, but ultimately opted for a simple drop falling on his hand, rather than a shot of the tears on his face. I hope the subtleness is to your taste, and that the scene will be as touching to you as it was to us. Nope, I wanted him to cry like ACDC. I wanted him to cry like he cried in the other episode. (laughs) Where it's just like giant tears. How dare you not tailor this anime to my taste, Suda? The second part of this episode is largely dedicated to Susie Q. It'd been a while since... Boy, is it. Huh? I said, boy, is it. (laughs) It'd been a while since we'd last seen her. Holly's featured in a suggestive scene tied up with her own stand. In hindsight, (laughs) it was a little too erotic, and I regret this choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Regrets I may, I've had a I may, few I may have gone too far in some places <laughs> Ollie Stand is the funniest character we've ever had <laughs> Forgive us for having treated an important character like this Still, Nimrod she... is the key to all this <laughs> Still, she doesn't look like she would have a son in high school Ha 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 Christ, Suda. Oh, man. Suda. <laughs> uh. Oh, trivia. Put uh, Japan in jail. And they call back to the vampires and pillarmen in season one of the anime as Vanilla Ice is wounded, the magma effect can be seen instead of blood. Yeah. That's kind of what Suda said. Oh, man. Next so time. It. Next time, we will be talking about the last part of part three we're almost done part three in a coffin (laughs) be episodes 45 through 48 which are dio's world part one through long travels goodbye my friend uh real quick before we head out of here i will at least uh a criticism i want to give to this last episode is uh 
sort of how we were talking about these episodes are not quite planned out too well. I'm pretty sure... I don't know if it actually takes place in the manga this way, all that Susie Q stuff, but it definitely felt to me like, oh no, we went a little too long in the last episode, didn't pace this out right, so the stuff that should be here would only account for like 10 minutes, so we have to fill it somehow. Well, um, the differences did mention that the whole thing with uh, the Joestar group, like breaking down a door, actually takes place earlier. In the book, yeah, okay. which oh, I think would have been a better choice, really. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why would you listen? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Dio's World, next time. Next time on Stand and Deliver! See that lady